The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Well, I hope that that small bit of ringtone didn't show up in the first half second of that podcast, but if it did, <laughs> you know, if it did, ah, well. Uh, welcome to episode 85 of the Mighty Whites podcast. We are back a lot quicker this time because of a weird leave scheduling. Uh, I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. Hello. Uh, because of what schedule's been, there's, very, there's nothing that needs covering beforehand, so we might as well get straight into it. Uh, Wolves at home on Monday night. Bit of a frustrating one. I mean, I didn't see us play Wolves. I saw us play Portugal. Yeah, fair point. Um, to be honest, with how tired I, I am after work, when you started that sentence, I had a worry that, did we not play Wolves? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, I was actually talking to Connie last night about it. It was like when we joked about uh, Laurie Sanchez possibly changing Fulham's kit to green so David Healy would recapture that form. And it... It very much seems like that was their ploy with this away kit. Well, hey, we've, got leave- half, we've got half the Portugal squad. Let's put them in a Portugal kit. Maybe Linfield could do that and stick Healy up front. I mean, Petr Cech's in the Chelsea squad. Yeah, he so- is. Still going. Christ, Definitely we're, having we're, a beer we're, today. We're barely 30 seconds into talking about the Wolves game and he's already drinking. Oh, I need to. But no, to be honest, it's... I mean, if you looked at certain parts of social media, because, and this is what always happens, you, the sky is falling. Doom. Doom. We're doomed. Uh, but, I mean, it was a tight game. We were we were by far the better side in the first half. Wolves were the better side in the second half. They got a bit of a fluky goal. It's going to happen. Yeah, it was... It was- uh, kind of a little bit going back to, to last season, wasn't it? That we were going forward. We, we had plenty of possession, especially in the first half, but without ever really testing the keeper. Yeah, it, there were, I have, I've seen a few places say the words, it was a bit championship. Uh, once they went into that like low defensive block, we did seem to run quite low on ideas at times. Yeah. Uh, you can normally tell when we are, because once you... We have a set, because obviously all there's so much and it's just set patterns and things like that. When they sit like that, we end up wide, crossing into a crowded box. And that, when, when it's a crowded box, I wouldn't say that our forwards movement is the greatest in the world and our crossing isn't the greatest in the world either. And that's a bad co- combo. When there's space, it's a different story. Yeah, I think first half we we did a very good job of of hitting the byline and and getting those crosses sort of in between the six yard box and the penalty area and causing them problems. But like you say, that's the second half they did a good a, a very good job of. I, I don't want to say crowding the penalty area like it was like it was just aimless throwing bodies in there because I think no, I think it they, wasn't they organized very well. But whenever we did get to the byline, they they were set for it. They were prepared and. You had a few times it either wasn't beating the first man. I think there was a couple of times the, the cross just went over the top of everyone and through to the other side. Yeah. Um, but the, I think there was only there's once I can remember we 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 got the pull back to the edge of the penalty area and I think and had a half chance from that. Yeah, um, it was a bit. Weird. It's like for example, and a lot of it is to do with the state of the game and stuff. But like for instance, I thought Costa and Harrison were both good for twenty minutes. Mm. And then they just started dropping off as the game went on. But like in the second half, I thought they were both completely anonymous. They got on the ball, but they didn't have an impact. Yeah, um, I mean, that I, I was t- as much to do with what Wolves. That was as much to do with what Wolves did. They deserve a lot of credit. They are good at this. There's a reason they came seventh last year. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I text you at halftime. I, I thought, I thought Harrison might come off. You did. You did Not- text me that, and I, I said. There's no way he changes it when we've been that dominant. I just found, and I don't. This probably wasn't Harrison's fault, but 
90% of our play went down the right-hand side. And I know, obviously, Costa and Ailing had a, had a lot more luck down that side. Um, and a couple of times, Harrison did get on the ball. We didn't really do a whole lot with it. And I thought, and I wondered if that might be the time when he, he looks at bringing Hernandez on. I, I, at no point did I think it'd be Rafinha. Um, I always thought it'd be, I think most likely I thought it was going to be Hernandez. Yeah, so uh, it, was a, it was a bit weird because I, I did mention on Twitter actually this. I thought I thought Bielsa left it a bit too late with the changes. I, th- I think it was fair enough not changing it at half time because we'd been so dominant. But by the time you got to 55 minutes, that first 10 minutes, you could tell the game had switched. Yeah. And I'm not even 100% sure what he should have done because in the system we're in, where Rodrigo's basically a second striker. The only one that really makes sense to come on is Roberts, and I don't think that would have changed anything. No. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I'd have done. I just think, I feel like he needed to do something. My, my gut would have been Hernandez try and get us a bit of control over possession because we'd lost control. But I'm not really sure. I just know that we need, I was just watching the game going, we need to change something. And we didn't. Yeah, uh, certainly there was, a, a, in the second half, that Ailing didn't get forward nearly as much as, as yeah. he did in the first half. And when and another thing with Ailing was, when he got when he did get the ball with a crowd in front of him, he seemed to give it away a lot in the mm. second half. Yeah, I, I mean, especially coming out of that second half, you did come away thinking... You know, I certainly came away thinking that Neto had a fantastic, certainly half. Yeah, Neto's good. Pedence was a danger all the way through. Yeah. Uh, The one that shocked me, and I think he did get the Skyman at match, actually, but that Max Kilman. Yeah. The the opening 20, 25 minutes where we actually were putting good crosses in, there was two or three where it was a really good ball in, and he was always the one that was getting his head on it just ahead of the Leeds player that was arriving. I thought mm. he played really well. Uh, he did more... He was the one that stood out in terms of defensive work, but Conor Cody showed what, what he's really good at. He just marshalled everything, and he was so calm. Yeah, and then afterwards, if you stuck around for his interview, it turns out, again, one of the most likeable people as well. Um, I haven't seen any of that. I... Uh, because I was writing the player ratings and stuff, I turn it off before then. I turn it off before any of that stuff, so they don't. I don't have it on it background and start thinking the same thing. He uh, he had a Jermaine Beckford moment where uh, I think it was they were interviewing him from the studio. So Jamie Carragher asked, it, which at one point you've got two scousers having a conversation. I couldn't understand a word, um, but Jamie Carragher asked him about you know links to to other Premier League clubs. And he just started laughing. He went, you haven't just done that to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you say, he just he, he completely shepherded them through all the defence through that second half and, and looked so calm and resolute the whole time. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I suppose it's weird with Leeds because I, I, I can't chew out the performance and I can't say, oh, we were actually... It wasn't like some of those championship games where we were really, really good and lost. Mm. But I thought that we were, in the end, I think a draw would have been a fair result. And so I can't really be annoyed at that against a team that, you know, what did finish seventh and get to quarterfinal at Europa League last year? Yeah. If we if we play as well as them, that's, that's fine, really. Uh, but it was just like, I don't think anyone, there wasn't a single player other than technically subs because they weren't on the pitch. I don't think there was anyone who had a better second half than first half. Mm. Like, there was no one who, who like, upped it. Uh, like, I thought Click in the first half was really good. And in the second half, I thought he was really quiet. Robin Cock in the first half was absolutely immense. And he was still good in the second half. Yeah. But in the first half, he was... His first 45 minutes, I was watching him thinking... How the fuck is this guy? How the fuck was he going to be 18, 19 million less than we were going to pay for Ben White? Yeah. Like, I, and that's no slight on Ben White, who I still think is going to be an England player. I, ju- I thought it was I thought it was his best game in a league shirt by 
a distance and his last few have all been good. But in this game, when he, the way that he was just getting the ball and bringing it out and playing passes, it was like, he didn't just bring the ball out, he brought the ball out with a purpose. Yeah, and it, it was one of the things that I was a little bit critical about last season. And and, and maybe it's, I think part of it is just because Liam Cooper is, is not a ball-playing defender. But there, there were times... And ben White At least, was especially much. not to that level. Yeah, but there, there was times when they would get on the ball and it, and it would... And they would... Uh, especially Ben White, he would be bringing it up the pitch, but it would be a, a fairly slow pace at times. And you just, and and you, I saw it. I even saw it watching uh, match the day the other day when they uh, Brighton had him playing in midfield, didn't they? Where he's stepping in. Yeah. I think he ended, ended up making an inception about twenty five yards out, and the one that he shot just wide. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was nice seeing Cock like just especially I think he made about nine interceptions in the first half or something like that. I haven't seen any stats. Um that sounds like a high number, but that's probably because visually he might have done, but there's a lot of them that don't count as interceptions on stats. Yeah. Like there were so many games last season where I get to end on God, Ben White stepped in and won about fourteen balls there. And I got to and I get home, finish writing everything and flip look at who scored and he made like two interceptions. Yeah. And I was just like, no, he didn't. <laughs> He's won literally every ball. Yeah. Literally. Um, but yeah, just as soon as he got it, there was a real t- t- turn of pace about him and looking to get forward and get a move going quickly, which I, which I really, re- uh, really appreciated. Yeah. Um, the the negative, and I suppose, you know, it's, gonna, it's the sort of thing where you're going to have a negative. Uh, I just thought up front we were really quiet. Like, I don't particularly... I'm not... This is no dig at Bamford, because I, I always do keep an eye on Bamford, and he kept making quite decent runs. Mm. But it just wasn't there for him. There was like... He only seemed to touch the ball about seven times all game. I'm sure it was more than that, but he didn't really get into it. And Rodrigo was a lot quieter as well. Although, that was the only chance I'd say we had that was that I'd call a good chance. The one where he chested it down at that corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's strange because, like, like you said, in the first half, we, we were getting putting in some dangerous balls into the box. And it never really seemed to be falling to, to either of those two. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I... Whereas in the second half, the crosses just weren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I... Now that you've mentioned it, I, I'm really struggling to think of any real decent bit of play that Bamford had and, and that's not because of him I just I can't remember him getting that much service no I mean part of it's on him you know he, he didn't have as good a game as he did in the previous ones but mm. yeah, it was one of them where I was watching the game and going well he is making the runs and he is dropping off the front he just isn't getting any he just isn't getting on the ball uh, yeah. but to still do that on who scored uh, I can't believe you'd even mentioned such a such internet charlatans. Yeah, uh, like Bamford had 0.8 of the possession, 0.8 percent of the possession. Like Raúl Jiménez had 2.6, Pedence 1.5. Uh, I'm just gonna if I can get a thing up so I can see the whole screen. I'm assuming that he was the lowest of anyone on the pitch. Yeah, like Bamford, because Bamford played all 90 minutes, didn't he? He didn't go off later, though. No. Uh, he had 0.8% of the total possession. That's the lowest of any Leeds player joint with Perveda. Rafinha had 1% of it, and he was only on for 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Traore, Neves and Marcel all had less than that, but they all came on late. Oh, I've also got Robin Cox stats here as well. And he definitely didn't make nine interceptions. No. Well, he, speaking of Robin Cox, he had 8.1%, which I believe, which I think is the most of anyone. Mm. But yeah, I thought, I thought he was... Oh, no, sorry. Of course. Of course it isn't. It's who you would think would have the most of it for us, Phillips. Yeah. Uh, who, again, I thought had a pretty good first half. And in the second half, he... I don't think he was bad. I think he's had a bit more stick. Uh, that performance had more stick than it deserved. 
but he was definitely worse in the second half. Yeah, it, it, I th- yeah, he struggled a little bit, didn't he? With and there was fl- the problem was he, there was three or four very specific times where he had a chance to play a lofted ball over someone that was going to that where Leeds were in a good position, and all four of them he got it wrong and gave it away. Mm. He might have only given the ball away seven times, but four of them were ones that stick with you. So yeah. you get to the end of the game thinking, God, he gave the ball away a lot. And he might, and he probably didn't give the ball away a lot. Like he's got 85% pass success rate, which in that role is, that's probably about what he normally is. Yeah. But he just, it, it was just at key moments. And then, you know, he, he did. And at the end, when he wasn't at his best, we now know that it's because he was playing injured. Yeah, it's... Uh, Which we may as well get on to. Um, yeah, it's very, very frustrating. I mean, frustrating second half for him, given it was his attempted block that yeah. sort of sent it into the net as well, which, again, <laughs> I saw people complain about that, and you, it's it's one of those things that happens. You can't really have a go at no. Phillips for trying to block a shot. And No, go- goalkeepers get really mad at them because weak shots, they want defenders to leave it because they know that they'll save it. Yeah. But, and I mean, it was a piss weak shot, like, you know, no power and it would have been a simple save, mm. but it's an instinct at that stage. You're going to, you just naturally put yourself to try and get in the way. Yeah. He's got that split second to make that decision. Doesn't if he? If it had been, if it had been four yards further away from Jimenez, he probably mm. would have left it. Yeah. But you, you don't have time to react. Uh, yeah. But which, the, the, I think that's the most frustrating thing is the manner in which, of that goal was the was what decided the game ultimately it's just yeah if we'd have lost if we'd have lost 1-0 and it had been the Saiz goal that got disallowed for offside and that one had accounted yeah you you'd know, felt you, a bit better about it because that was a great finish yeah instead it's you know I'll never be critical of, of sort of an aimed diagonal at this point because obviously it's you know a big part of Leeds game at this point but it's that diagonal ball strike slips yeah, so it, and he also went off, uh, which, to be honest, I although he did get treatment, I didn't think was for injury. I just thought he was trying to be more attacking. Mm. Uh, and from the press conference today, Bielsa has said that Stroik will play. So he should be fine. Yeah. But the, it wasn't the slip that, and letting Jimenez in that annoyed me about that goal. It was after Jimenez got on the ball. Because Stroik lets him come back inside without a challenge. And then he beats Dallas to his left and then back to his right. And Dallas doesn't make a tackle on either of them. Yeah. So there's three, there's three opportunities for a Leeds player to make a tackle. And at no mm. point did we try and make a tackle. And if you're doing, if it's 1v1 battles all over the pitch, if you get into a 1v1 battle with someone 25 yards from goal, you've got to at least try and win it. Yeah, it was, it, it seemed far too easy for him to jog. 15 yards across the penalty area essentially for that to for that to happen but I do have to say to contradict myself if it doesn't take a fluky deflection I don't even notice it mm. you know if if those three times where they didn't make a challenge and he gets a shot away if he hits that exact weak shot and Melier just catches it because I've forgotten least... it then I've forgotten it within a minute yeah it's one of those because like I said because the numbers are there you, you kind of think that they've done well to restrict him to that sort of shot. It's just it's sort of almost the fine margins of it, isn't it? Yeah, if you pack the box and stuff, I know that uh, John McKenzie was saying about that. That's one of the reasons why Leeds keep opposition to such a low XG because it makes having bodies in the box makes so much more difference than you'd think to how good the chances. Again, just from having watched how many the way teams defended against us last season, I'm not surprised. <laughs> You know, it, for a lot of teams, it was just a case of just packing, the, you know, the width of the penalty area, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have, I again don't have the scores in front of us, but no points was there because you had a now you had a win and I had a draw, didn't I? Yeah. The other thing, all right, let's get let's get on to it because I dare say this will be something that becomes more prevalent as the season goes on. Uh, the two VAR decisions. Firstly, Sace's goal. It, it it was offside. It's not offside. 
No, he it, 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 it is. <laughs> he is offside. This wasn't like the Mane one. He no, was, that wasn't offside. That was absolute yeah. bollocks. The Mane I mean, one isn't offside. This one, although it wasn't by much, he before they put any lines on the screen, he was visibly offside. Ah, he had a leg forward. That was it. Yeah, a leg. The leg is visibly offside. Ah, for me, it's got to be two feet ahead of the line. That's- yeah, that's because you've been spending too much time in America and therefore don't understand football anymore. <laughs> nah, I just... I don't know. I just looked at it because it's essentially, I mean, I know the lines are a bit arbitrary at, at this stage, but for me, he's yes, he's got the, he's got a foot in front, but the majority of his body was in line. What I would say is it's not one where before all of this, like it'd have, if this had been a championship game and I'd have watched the replay, mm. I'd have, it wouldn't have been one I was up in arms about. I'd have gone, ah, fuck, I think he might've been slightly offside there. Mm. But it won't, it's not a bad decision, but he is offside. And it's not even like he's off because the toe's in front. He's off because the knee onwards is. You know, he's got... As I, the, That was the difference that visibly, without any lines or anything, just paused it when he played the pass. And I went, wait, he's offside. Yeah. It's I mean, not, I, I, I'm, very, I'm a very big believer in, in there, has, there should be daylight between the defender and the attacker. Uh, I mean, if they if they decided to make the rule that, but then the problem is with VAR, then you'd still have the exact same amount of a narrow decision. It'd just be at the other side of the body, yeah. And it'd still the exact same problem would occur. It's just, and the, the second one, uh, which I'm assuming you're referring to, Jimenez kicking cock in the cock. Yes, I have no idea. And we haven't even got on to the other one, which a lot, which would have been really soft, but I'm failing to... It's one of them where it probably was. But yeah, the the one where it goes down, it might be a foul. It's a bit of a soft one, but it's, it might be a foul. Mm. And then just kicks and then just kicks up at him. That's exactly what Son Heung-Ming got sent off for last season. Yeah. Like, exactly the same. It's, it's violent conduct, and, and violent conduct is violent conduct, whether yeah. you... It don't matter you, that it didn't really get him properly. Yeah. And and again, like... So at this point, I, I can't help but feel like if you're the one that sat in the... You know, in... Um, I wanted to call it Bletchley Park for a second then, but I know it's not Bletchley Park, because that's... Um, that's where, they, where the that's enigma could. Yeah, that's where they <laughs> cracked the enigma. Uh, but, Stockley. And, yeah, Stockley Park. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> two two very you know influential places in in British history in the last hundred years. Um, but yeah, if you get to sit in that studio and watch these things happen several times, and then you come out with that sort of a decision, I, I feel like at that point you you know you should be able to be interviewed about it, and you should face questions about it. Yeah, I mean, and I'd love to see the, them interviewing Alan Turing. <laughs> um, yeah, well. I'd have made that joke quicker, but it took me a minute to remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go down the lines of chemical castration here. It's, um, well, it's still on cock, I suppose, so he might have been a little bit castrated after the challenge. Yeah. But no, I just, I just don't understand how you, you get these opportunities to watch it. And it still seems to come down to who the referee is and what they've had for lunch that day. I'd... I know that a fair few pundits have said that the problem is, a lot of it, is that the VAR ref is mates with the on-pitch ref and they don't want to overrule them. Then don't have VAR. Yeah, like, you know. It, I, it's I'm like, completely it, fine with that. Yeah, it is stupid. Like, that was definitely a red card. The other big decision is one that... It's one of them where I think it was wrong, but I can under. It's one where I can understand how VAR didn't overturn it. The penalty shout for Costa about three and a half minutes. Ah, with the arm across the chair. The arm across and like the knees banged a little bit. It's one of them where you'd say it's probably a little bit of a soft one, but that's still a foul. Yeah, and and again, it's that this is it where the whole thing is that VAR is is I don't know VAR didn't really come into that one. It was just. 
I think it was just turned down, wasn't it, straight away? They probably they will have looked because they always do, but it will have just been a quick look. It's uh, I don't even think I don't think it was a shocking decision or anything. Like my, I'll be honest, my gut reaction in real time before I saw a replay was that it wasn't a penalty. Mm. I mean, I I appealed in my living room. I may have said ref quite loudly, but. Like I, I did think probably not, and then I saw replay and thought it probably is. Yeah. The, the problem is that I, you'll have seen three or four just as weak as that that do get given. Yeah, and, and again, it's that issue. It's like there, there is meant to be no subjectivity in, in fouls. Like It's either, you know, they are either it's all foul or they're not. Because yeah. um, I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember which game it was now. I don't know if it was the, uh, I don't know if it was the Palace Brighton game. Well, I think there was, uh, there was a, there was a, a bit of a push was given against. I think it was Gary Cahill, and I think that was a penalty. And again, it was one of those uh, where you look. No, uh, the Palace one. It was a because Palace went one nil up and Brighton equalised mm. late. Uh, the Palace penalty, Tariq Lamptey did the tiniest little like grab on Jordan Ayew when he chucked himself. That, out. that that was it. And it, and again, it's it's that thing of as as daft as it sounds. Like if you give that one, you've got to give about nine every game. Mm. Um, which which is why then you've you you know. I feel like you're just better just relying on a refer- on a referee who will just give their gut instinct there and then. And it, are some of them going to be wrong? Absolutely. But, I mean, we've seen this weekend, like Liverpool have been absolutely done over this weekend and I don't want to defend Liverpool too much with their recent behaviour. Yeah, and, and but, VAR generally loves Liverpool. Yeah. but you, Now, you it know. doesn't actually, but they, it, you know, they have done quite well out of a few high-profile decisions. I mean, like that Jordan Pickford tackle was, and I don't think for a second he did it on purpose, but it was a horrendous tackle and a blatant red card. It's it's a thigh high tackle. He scissored scissored the leg. It's as I saw a guy I used to work with describe it as well. Goalkeepers going for the you know going down at the feet for the ball. I went, yeah, but most goalkeepers lead with their body or with their hands, not with you know. Two legs wrapped around yeah. Virgil Van Dijk's thigh. Yeah, and I mean, obviously as, he's he's probably out for season as well. Yeah, it tells you something because it's not you don't normally injure. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a was it a torn ACL. It's definitely an ACL, and he needs surgery. But that's it, that's not the sort of injury that occurs with tackles, which I think tells you something about the tackle that was made. Yeah, normally an ACL is something like overturned and the studs got caught in the turf or mm. something like that. Yeah, it, and then, as we mentioned earlier, that the Mane offside decision, which is... It's just uh, not offside. It, it's it, what is meant to be a little bit of his arm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Because they've changed that defensive hand, that handball rule, so mm. there's slightly more... So, like, all of the shoulder is not handball. So they have yeah. to start it like the upper arm. That means that the point that they're measuring from is no longer the armpit. It's the outside of your arm. But which actually in and of itself is fine. The problem is that like that one, I mean, that one is what? If the technology is absolutely dead on, it might be two millimeters ahead. Just with his arm. And not even an outstretched arm. And that, like, that's just a ridiculous measure to go to. And and that's the thing. I don't understand why. That's one of the ones where, that's not like the one in the Leeds game. That one, I am watching with the lines on the pitch and everything and going visibly that he's not in front of him. It's not offside. I I know, obviously, with with the, the handball rule and everything now, but I don't understand why that comes into effect for offside. Like if you are making a run because technically for offside, it's a part of your body that you can score with being ahead. And because you can now score with the outside of your shoulder, because it's not handball. That's where they have to measure from. 
it's because just it's it's stupid, but that is why it that's why the handball rule has an effect because it's technically a part of the body that you can score a goal with. And that rule is bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that's why you can have your arm in front so long as nothing else is. Because yeah. you can't score with your arm. Uh but again, that one that one was just ridiculous. I can't I it was a joke of a decision. Uh and no, it's a joke of a rule. It's not the decision's fault. Mm. You know, it's not the it's not the that one isn't VAR's fault, that's the rules. Yeah. Because the the guy in the in I nearly said uh I nearly went for the Enigma code then as well. The guy at Stockley Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they they don't have a choice with that one. It's a bigger problem than that. But uh, yeah. we, we sort of got sidetracked to it because we may as well just go... There hasn't been any other news because it's only been two days. We've had a press conference. Uh, the news broke before that anyway because I released it last night. Phillips is out for six weeks unless you believe Bielsa because he asked, where did you get that number from? And they said, from the club. And he said, well, that, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm aware, that isn't true. It could be more, it could be less. So the problem weeks, is with Bielsa saying, saying that makes me think, oh, fuck, it's three months, isn't it? Oh, Christ. Because they've said he doesn't need surgery. Well, neither did Adam Forshaw. Until he did. Uh, like when he went over, because it was like he pushed it back from Jimenez, and he sort of kind of flipped over and rolled through it, didn't he? Mm. And came up sort of holding his collarbone. Yeah. Uh, but because he carried on, I didn't think much of it at the time. No, it's one of those things like what t- you know, typically when a player goes down, and and whether you think they're acting up a little bit to to emphasise a challenge that's been made or whatever. It's, I, again, I noticed it straight away that he grabbed his arm and it, and it for, for what the challenge was, was a strange part of the body to, if you were fading an injury. Yeah, if you were selling. Or trying to, or trying to overblow, yeah, or set, selling the injury. Um, yeah, it's, it, seemed, it seemed like an odd choice, so it was, um, you know, it's, it, it's disappointing to see now that, that that was a problem for him. Yeah, and the problem's only exacerbated. Like, just, I mean, losing Phillips, I've, I, I maintain and I've said the whole time, but I think he's the most important player to the way we play. Mm. So it's always going to be a massive blow. But with Cooper out, probably, he might be back. I mean, they tried to play him again. We didn't even mention that, that he pulled up in the warm up. I was amazed he was even named on the team sheet. It's, it's, it seems, it seems a very un Bielsa risk to take that. Mm. Uh, but I, I could I could understand it more if we hadn't had strike available. Yeah, that he, that he might have tried to take that chance, but but given he was there and and good to go, um, yeah, it seemed, it seemed a strange one to even even risk him. But I suppose maybe he trained the day before and was fine. Yeah, and then it just popped back up. We don't really know. But as I said, Phillips being out, massive issue, huge problem but exacerbated massively by Urente being out and Cooper probably being out by the sounds of it. And luckily it does sound like Stroik's fine after his little tumble because Bielsa has said Stroik will play in place of Calvin Phillips. So Stroik is playing DM. Yeah. So we I really hope Cooper's fit. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're looking at either Ailing coming in Maybe Shackleton to uh, coming inside and Shackleton going to right back. I would I would think if Ailing plays centre back, Dallas will play right back and Alioski will play left back. Yeah, is what I think will happen. No, if, I mean you could do that either way. Or yeah. there is the the chance that he just goes with Leif Davis. Well, the more I thought about it, the more I think he might do that because he Not likes really. <laughs> he likes his left centre back to be left footed. I do as well, but I. I no, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it, but there must There's, be a reason why he keeps playing him there, like in pre-season and in 23s. There must be a reason that he keeps playing Leif Davis as a left centre-back. He must fancy it. Um, yeah. Mm. But, like, 
I suppose, like, I, I, what I think, if Cooper isn't fit, I do think that it will be the ailing at centre-back option. But Leif Davis could be there. Obviously, Ollie Casey is an option. Charlie Cresswell is an option. He's played him in the League Cup once now, and we know that with Bielsa, that's, that makes you a senior option. These are not options I would want to see, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it doesn't exactly make you go, hmm, Premier League away at Villa Park. (laughs) Ah, it's on the Aston Villa. Oh, by the way, they've won the first four games, including beating Liverpool 7-2. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) I did say there was a Villa fan who, I mean, he said, I genuinely, but he didn't mean genuinely. He was being facetious. But he was just saying, God, when we played Liverpool, they had five out. When we, it, it, now Leeds have lost Phillips it's like, I think we're going to win the league <laughs> <laughs> the injury stars are aligning every when, week when they, when they played Leicester they had Madison out Vardy out uh, I think Harvey Barnes might have been out as well uh, but no I, I would hope for Ailing because I think that you need like the senior head mm. I mean what, what we actually need it, if Phillips is out, is we could really use, you know, Adam Forshaw to suddenly be fit. You know, or Barazzi to suddenly have his leg be okay. The more I've thought about it, I'd much rather see Shackleton coming at right back. Because I I honestly think, as as opposed to... And keep Dallas at left back. Yeah, as opposed to shuffling things about in that regard, I, I feel like... Shackleton is as close as we are going to get to to Luke Ayling. I in that. the thing is, Shackleton has played so little first team football at right back lately that I don't know if you, that's you, still you, true. You could have stopped. You could have stopped before you said at right back. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, unless I mean to be honest, based on what I've seen in the twenty threes, if Ayling played centre back, I'd be absolutely fine with Cody Drama. Mm. But again, I've I've said that about a few twenty threes. Like I said it about it, we, I said it we got at right back, and he's been a centre mid ever since. Hey, he's gone, is Robbie? My boy's gone. Yeah. Never coming back. Did you? By the way, uh, speaking of players out on loan, did you see Ryan Edmondson scored twice on his first senior start for Aberdeen last night? And an assist. Yeah, got an assist as well. So knew we should have been playing. All this considering that after his first game, he was meant to be out till about Christmas. Yeah, but Rob Price did one of his things on him. He harvested one of Adam Forshaw's legs and sent him back. Yeah, that's the real reason Forshaw ain't coming back. <laughs> um, I The the only thing, the only uh, pro-Leaf Davis argument I can come up with, well, I mean, and I do like Leaf Davis, I just think he's a full-back, he's not a centre-back. Is he is absolutely rapid as is Ollie Watkins, mm-hmm. and and he's left sided, which helps the balance. But I I I think it would be a hell of a risk to take. Although Leif Davis has got previous for being chucked in at the last minute against Aston Villa because that's how he made his debut, didn't he? Yeah, at left back. Yeah, he was at left back <laughs> in his natural position. And we were awful in the first half of that game. <laughs> Not Leif Davis's fault, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it'll be interesting to see with Bielsa, like you say. It's if you put Davis in there, it's the ultimate form of pragmatism, realistically. Mm. If he just goes, Well, I need a left sided pl- or a left footed player who knows the position, therefore, four foot nine left back. By the way, have you actually looked at him lately? He seems bigger. He's grown about five inches. He's he's still listed as being about five foot five, but I'm not having it for a second. He's about five foot ten. <laughs> I wouldn't mind now, but I feel like his growth growth spurt should have probably ended a little while ago. I think it can go up to about twenty two. Uh, it just doesn't my, happen very often with professional just, athletes. They're normally was, big before that. I was going to say, yeah, but my I mean, my growth spurt is still grow is still going now, but that is sort of expanding outwards. No, that's no, that's just because my voice is very, very alluring. Oh. Oof. Um <laughs> No, what was there was also a lot of talk people saying that they wanted Click to play deep. 
which I mean, we know it's not going to happen now because Bielsa's already said it. But my big argument against that was then what you're going to play like Rodrigo and Hernandez or Roberts in central midfield. Yes, do that. No, I mean you all, could do Rodrigo all out and, attacking. You, you could do Rodrigo and Shackleton, which would probably be more sensible. But he doesn't. Yeah. He just. He just doesn't appear to trust Shackleton. I'm. I think Shackleton's going to make it and have a good career, but I don't think it's going to be at Leeds. I just, I, I find it funny, which because... is a shame because I think he's, I think he's, if he'd have played a lot of it last two years, I think he'd have really improved. But yeah, I mean, because he he had the injuries at the start of last season, didn't he, Shackleton? Yeah, just as it, just out. as he, just as Forshaw got injured, which is when he probably would have got a chance. Yeah, but I just find it funny because I, I, I feel like I understand why you wouldn't probably commit to him being a right back but I do th- I do think there was a lot of upside to him playing there he's, oh, he's obviously got the pace you know for it he look, he did enjoy getting forward and and maybe I maybe at this point I I see a lot more from that Swansea game than than actually happened when he played right back then yeah but but I don't remember him having a particularly torrid game at right back at well, any point all the times he's played right back I can't remember him being in any trouble uh, yeah. even I'm, finished it, the, the two games he, he played at the end of last season he even finished quite strong yeah and those were in sentiment so that's where if we are going to see him I think that's more likely uh, obviously there's the changes at the back we've said I don't think I don't think all else will change. No, no. Like, it'll still be Bamford it. up top. I think it'll still be Costa and Harrison on the wings. I think it'll still be Rodrigo and Click as in the middle. Mm. But I just, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how we cope with that stuff defensively. Villa, I mean, it's not like they've absolutely hammered everyone, but they have been really impressive at the start of the season. Now, when you when you look at sort of their attacking players between Grealish, Watkins, Trezeguet's looked all right. You've got Ross Barkley in there as well now. Yeah, and ba- Barkley. I mean, it's early days, but Barkley and Grealish seem to link up quite well. Yeah. Uh, and they've also one of the big things is we've got John McGinn back, mm. and he, despite that big injury, doesn't doesn't appear to have lost anything. Uh, other things I mean when you look at that first team actually it's a really good team like Matty Cash at right back is a really good player Matt Target at left back is a good player solid I, I don't think he's amazing but he's good Mings and Esri Conser are both good defenders and they're also both really good athletes so that if they do if you do get away from them they can get back really well yeah, yeah and they're both really good in the air and like they really had to get out, and like McGinn, alongside McGinn, they've they've a few they could play. They could play Douglas Louise or Marvelous Nakamba, which is the best name in the Premier League, probably. Ah, oh, it's a brilliant name, isn't it? Yeah, Marvelous Nakamba, uh, and obviously Emmy Martinez in goal. They've just paid twenty million for, it, and he's a. I mean, he was really good for Arsenal last season. He was unlucky not to get the, not to get the jersey for this season. Hmm. They've also got Hurlihan who can play midfield and he's solid enough as well. Yeah. There's certainly, I think they've certainly improved the squad from last season. Yeah, well, I mean, one of their big weaknesses last season was goalkeeper because Tom Heaton was good and then he got crocked, didn't he? Mm. And that, and then everyone else they brought in really wasn't up to it. Yeah. But that it's a really good team, and although he was massively overpriced for a player who'd never played in Premier League, Watkins does appear to be. I mean, we all knew he'd be fine. It was just it was only the price tag we were worried about. I mean, I wanted us to sign him. Yeah, just turns out we focus on other positions. I mean, once we got Melier in, it would have. I think for us yeah. at this point. If, oh yeah, like I would rather like with goalkeepers as good as Martinez is, I'd rather have Melier for five million than Martinez for twenty. But as I said Martinez, great player. Ollie Watkins, even though he was expensive, cracking player, who I think would have suited us down to the ground. Mm. Uh, 
it's they were good, they look a good side this season. I didn't think they'd start as well as they have. No, um, I did. I, you know, I, excellent. It was an excellent debut. Uh, it was Watkins' debut, wasn't it, against Liverpool? Or was that his second game? I think that was his second game. Ah, well, still solid. Second game, hat trick. Yeah, it's, it's an all right way to start. Perfect hat trick at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a decent team. I'll be, I'll, I'll be interested over the course of the season to see how Matty Cash does. Because um, he always sort of came with quite good reviews from Forrest. Yeah, uh, uh, he was about 15 million again, which seemed a bit high. I'm just uh, trying to get up my 1 to 20 off through it all together, which is on Twitter at THIU, it's all LUFC. And I've, I actually had him 16th. Mm. But I thought, I didn't think that they would go, I didn't think they'd go down. Uh, but they look, I, I thought they'd be fine in that 16th. I didn't think, because I thought the bottom three would be a decent way behind everyone. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they, um, they've had a blistering start. Yeah, it's, and you can understand why at this point they'll be quite confident as well. Got yeah, well, I am strong wins in there. I would assume because uh, like Leeds went, Leeds were favourites to to win against Wolves with us being at home. So with this being at Villa Park, even the home advantage without a crowd isn't nearly as big as it is with a crowd. It is still a thing, and yeah, yeah, like they're. Five to four, we're two to one. Five to two, we draw. Uh, it's suddenly, it's the form that everyone's in. It's now probably a game that people are expecting Villa to win. Whereas if we'd have played this game two weeks ago, even though they were the team that had been in the Premier League for a year, we would have probably been the team people thought were more likely to win. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you think is more likely? I. You can tell how pessimistic I am now. I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to say 1 1. I must admit, I, I was thinking that as well. I was thinking 2 2. And I think a draw away is a decent result. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we've had a bit of a quick... Well, there'll be a quick turnaround because then we've got a big gap because we don't play... Is it Leicester, the next one? And that's the that's the Monday night. So there's like a nine-day... Nine, ten-day gap. Um, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, about the fixture at this point. Yeah, I think... I, I want to say it's the 2nd of November, I think. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, Monday night. Um, but yeah, the uh, if we get a draw from that, it'd be a decent result, but it would be a great place to win. Uh, I suppose the only other thing to complain about, really, because uh, we forgot to mention it, but it sounds like the European Super League is rearing its ugly head again. Yeah, I've not heard about that for a few years. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's it's a complete coincidence, of course, but it's just bubbling up again now that everyone's told them to fuck off with the Project Big Picture stuff. Yeah. And again, it's in, in nowhere. It's it's really funny actually watching like Sky Sports News discuss it at the moment because obviously, as it would stand, they in no way really want to promote it because... They are saying they obviously they'll be tied into this Premier League TV deal, and I don't think they'd have the money to be outlaying for both simultaneously. No, uh, whether that tune would would change once the the TV deal came, uh, yeah, you know, like came up the, for a negotiation. There were things saying that it'd be like replacing the Champions League almost, and it has like FIFA backing and stuff. What I think this will end up... But the, the problem is, the biggest problem with it, other than, you know, just the sheer greed of it all, mm. is that it's a closed shop. You know, yeah. they, they want... Right, we're going to have these 18 teams and they are, that's who it is. Well, mm. once you've got something that's perceived to be the pinnacle of the game, 
that you can't have that doesn't have promotion and relegation or qualifying or anything, then it's the game. Everything below it will slowly die off. Yeah, like, that, that that's it. When you say about it being potentially rep- replacing the Champions League, what would be the point in the Champions League? Yeah, you know, realistically, if you've got at least two of the best teams from each of the major countries, then. But it'd be a Champions League without qualification, almost. It's yeah. just the team. So it's not. It's just. It's just a waste of. It's a, you know, the second tier of U.S. soccer is like I can never even remember the names of any teams that are in it because who gives a fuck? Yeah, you like could have won the. You could have won the league ten seasons running. It means nothing. Yeah, it's like when. Uh, when teams used to win the Highland League every year before they could get promoted into Scottish League Two, yeah, you know, these are all very different levels. But if you don't have promotion relegation, your game's fucked. And whether it's promotion relegation or for European stuff qualification, mm. if you don't have it, it's just bollocks. What what I think will end up happening is because you know the big teams do have a lot of power and they do have some leverage and stuff. I think what we'll end up with is an expanded Champions League in some way. And some of the Champions League games will, in fact, probably a decent number. I could see us seeing a lot of Champions League and a lot of Champions League football on a weekend. Not next year, but in the next few years. I think think they'll kick up a fuss and they'll get something. And if they, you know, if this expanded league means all, all these clubs get to play four more European games a season. That's extra revenue that only they get from TV and attendances and everything. And it should shut them up for a while. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't want that, but that's what I think will happen. It's, it's very, in, you know, at least in the Premier League, the, the attitude does seem to be the needs of the few. That's not just far, the Premier League. By, that appears to be, well, well yes, just the, the, the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> it's the top five of the Premier League. And Arsenal. Yeah, uh, well, that that was the one thing that I was laughing at when they were saying it could be up to five teams from the Premier League. Like, which one of them is missing out? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that was the other thing that I hated about it. Oh, it's going to be 18 teams. And there's going to be like four or five from the Premier League. That's the other thing I hate about it. They want this thing, if they, if they wanted to set up this European Super League or whatever the fuck it is, they want it to be the pinnacle. But like, if you win the Serbian league, you can't be in it. Yeah. So what's the point? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's with the way modern football is, you probably, you're not going to get a team from a, you're not going to get a team from a, one of the, you would say B level European leagues mm. winning but the that, Champions League, but, but they can. But that's it's, my problem with the Champions League anyway, is that, yeah, Whoever finishes fourth in the Premier League still has a much easier route to the Champions League than proper than a team that has won the Bank of Ireland League. Or, you know, I, which just, when you call the competition the Champions League and the bulk of teams that are in the, you know, in their group stage are not champions. Yeah, I, obviously that horse, it isn't just bolted. I mean, it, it died yeah. years ago. It's, it's in the but same I do, way. I do, I do, in, in principle, I very much agree with you. It's in the same way I've I've long had an issue with seeding. I've just I'd love to see the Champions League group that had Paris Saint Germain, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, and Borussia Dortmund. Be great. Yeah, and equally, you know, I would love to see that Champions League group that has, you know, I, I was going to say Starbuck Rest, but they nearly went under, and they're like FC Stour now. So a bad yeah. example, but you know. Ferenc Valosh and Cluj. Yeah. And Dundalk. <laughs> yeah, they're stuck with Arsenal, aren't they? That's, it, that's in their Europa. Cause I, saw that I, I know they did it a, 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 few year, a couple of years ago as well, but Dundalk have done bloody brilliant there. Yeah. <laughs> if they, like, I hope they just get, like, through this group stage, because I'm trying to remember, there's them, Mulder, Arsenal, and I'm trying to remember who the other team is that's in there. But I really hope that they just get like a, at least one game where they where they get something in it and it 
because I, 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 you know, as you're a realist, so you think when they come up against Arsenal, it could get ugly. But I do really hope they, they get that one moment in that group stage where I'd love it if they, well, it'd be great if they nicked a, a win off Arsenal because that'd yeah. be really funny. Yeah, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. And don't get me wrong, this is not the same because Scottish football is much stronger than Irish football. Mm. But can you remember when Hearts drew at Anfield? Yeah. And they got that equaliser and the that away end, it was one of the best, like, quote-unquote, limbs you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> and I I'm mean, sure- the- the atmosphere when... Manchester, there'll be no fucking crowd there anyway. Yeah. I mean, you had that atmosphere when Celtic beat Barcelona, didn't didn't you, as well? When yeah, you get things t- like that. And I, yeah. And I, and I know Celtic, obviously, again, compared to Irish football, have, have a, you know, an incomparable budget. But for them to beat Barcelona, whose budget, again, you know, the difference between Celtic and Dundalk is absolutely dwarfed between the the difference between Celtic and Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it is if you do it like as a factor. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if they're actually the same, a similar multiple bigger. Yeah. Obviously, they're a bigger figure, but like if it's two hundred million to two million, that's hundred times. If it's two million to twenty thousand, now those tra- obviously won't be the real numbers, but you know what I mean, like yeah. It's it's interesting at the moment though, because in terms of I take out England, British football is both internationally and domestically is doing better. You know, like you say, we've seen the club teams have been more competitive in the European qualifiers, and we're actually seeing Scotland and Northern Ireland potentially getting into the Euros. You know, I mean, this, this obviously the, the most... expanded Euros helps. Mm. You know, there's a lot more room now. But to be fair, it was good, it was given, good given, how Scot- given how Scotland have played over the last few years, even when they expanded Euros, you, you at times question whether they've made it. Like there, there have been some abject performances in there from Scotland over the, yeah. over the sort of the last ten years. Ten years might be being generous. Yeah, it's basically since about. I mean, I wouldn't say. I was going to say since they qualified in 98, but they've done a couple of others where they've had decent sides since then. But probably since about 2006. Yeah. You know, other than James McFadden scoring that screamer away at France, that's yeah. That's pretty much it. And that's pretty much it from us, I reckon. Oh, he's done it again. Smooth yeah. segue. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're coming up, we're not a million miles off the hour mark, and though it has only been like six days since we last did one. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's that'll do us for episode 85 of the Mighty White's podcast. We're on Twitter at Mighty White's pod. Uh, we never do this because I always forget. In fact, not never. It will have been, I'll have remembered seven episodes ago or something. But if you could leave ratings on iTunes and Stitcher and things like that, that would be useful. Because uh, obviously there's a million of us doing podcasts now. And we can't all have a mate. We can't all be a professional footballer whose mate was in, in the Harry Potter films. Yeah. we don't get out that much we don't have that sort of friend circle (laughs) no Uh, no, the other week I plugged the doing release pod because it was pretty good Uh, today while I was working I finally got a chance to listen to one of the episodes of the Rolling Peacock which is uh, like the I'll just do them off Twitter but it was uh, I I can't remember his real name Adonis I think his real name is but the Adelites on Twitter and Alex White Badger I'm sorry. Did you say that was his real name? I'm f- well, that's what he went by on the podcast. I don't know if it's actually his name. I know he's on Twitter at the Adelites. <laughs> uh, but I got first chance to listen to them, and it was it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, if you so long as you like me and don't mind uh, a certain four letter word beginning with C being thrown about quite liberally, you're good. But yeah, it was a uh, it was well worth a listen. So I'd recommend it. Uh, the stuff we write, me and KC, mostly me, goes up on Through It All Together, which is at THIU, it's all LUFC on Twitter and throughitalltogether.sbnation.com. Uh, basically, we are waiting to find out whether I can claim back the money for pay per view games because the only way I'm watching it, the only way I'm paying for pay per view is if I don't have to actually pay for it. Because uh, I think it's it absolutely reasonable. I think it absolutely stinks. It is qu- It does class as work, so I'll probably have to do it. 
But at first, I was just going to pay because it's work. But even then, I'm finding it hard to justify. So mm. we're waiting to see what that is. But it will get covered anyway, and we'll light his thoughts up. It's just a matter of whether we're watching it live or roughly a minute behind. Yeah. Yeah, because that's about what it'll be. Uh, so I reckon that's us out. So I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey, have a good one. In a bit.